What's up, everybody? Welcome back. This is the Hunting Overtime Podcast. I'm Brian. And I'm Eric. And we're going to talk a lot of different things today, whether it's elk hunting with Tyler, uh, we got some deer hunting, deer hunting tactics, lots of things like that. So we appreciate you watching, and let's dive into it. Let's get Tyler called. Hey, oh my goodness, you're still ugly. Back to my spot. Is that better connectivity? Yeah, it's a lot better. It must have been you. Must I have. I might blow our router right here, so. Okay, one second. I gotta turn a screen record on. Turning my headphones here. Oh, yeah. Now we're talking. Are you on your phone? Yeah. Any way you can turn your phone sideways? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Now the only catch is going to be is if uh, we're able to get your audio on the camera. Oh, you're videoing, videoing. Yeah. So hopefully, hopefully we get it all good. Otherwise, we might have to do some superstar editing. I was going to say, we're going to find out your editing skills. Yeah, we might test my editing skills. We'll find out. Yeah. So, we got a list of stuff here today, but not a, nothing too crazy that you're probably going to be surprised by or anything, but um, mostly we want to talk about the elk season. So, let's start. If you could just kind of you want to do a run through, or you want me to run through it for you? Oh, I can, I can do a run through. Just well, run through from the start. Yeah, start in September, would you? Like, how things go down. What? Obviously, don't tell exactly where we went, but generalities. Well, I just give them all GPS coordinates, and we'll just be done with yeah, it. Yeah, drop. You want me to put the? Just send them to me, and I'll put the waypoint. Yeah. I'll just make them links. Mm -hmm. to Onyx and it's just so everybody can have them <laughs> but yeah so getting into the start of the elk season we we knew we, where we were hunting we had the unit picked out it was a general tag and um, spot we've been to before a spot that you're fairly familiar with I've been to it once and we headed up there on well I couldn't hunt opening weekend just because work and stuff didn't quite pan out that way and my vacation was taken oh I think it was I don't even remember what what time in September it was it was mid-September sometime like the 14th or something like that um yeah it wasn't was it second second weekend right yes I believe so because I didn't want to wait till the third but ended up I probably should wait until the third um yeah, hindsight's twenty twenty though. I mean, yeah, exactly. You can never, you can never predict what they're gonna do in like limited time. And we've been up there. Vacation. We've been up there when they were screaming that first weekend and that second weekend. So. Yeah, exactly. So I leave. I leave here. It's about an eight eight hour drive out there. Get out there about ten thirty ish on a Friday night after I stopped in. Stopped it. 
mom and dad to pick him up. I kind of forgot. Like, yeah. I kind of forgot about this story to be honest with you. <laughs> and uh, I think well, G- Brian was already up there, and he was camping in a spot. So we get up there, and I go to a waypoint that I thought was the correct camp spot. Okay, so can I? I gotta stop you because. I got I got to make this clear to everybody so they know that I'm not the knucklehead. So, we were texting like it was a couple of days before. Um and I sent you a waypoint that specifically was titled 2022 Elk Camp <laughs> Night 1 or something like that. Something along the lines that it was night one elk camp. But we also had some buddies of mine that, well, I guess you knew one of them, right? Um, Mm -hmm. That had sent us a waypoint of a different camp. And I think it was titled like elk camp, but they shared this waypoint with us. Uh And it was a place that you had been in the past or you kind of knew where it was. And so I sent you the right waypoint for the record. I just want to get that clear before you continue with the story is that I sent you the waypoint and it was titled like night one elk camp or something like that. Yeah. So anyways, but so I go to the waypoint that since we were talking about a waypoint, I went to the one that I could tell was new on my map and it was blue. All of our other ones are that red-orange-ish color, and the one that Brian added was that red-orange-ish color, so I went for the one that was blue because, hey, it makes sense. We were talking about that one. Why wouldn't it be blue? (laughs) So I went up there. We get camp set up, and we're laying in in camp. I'm laying in bed. My dad's laying in the pickup. That's where he's sleeping, and um, gets to be a little late. I'm like, geez, Brian should be here by now. I'd I don't know where he'd be at, and I'm trying to send him messages. I was like four hours ahead of them, for the record. Yeah. Like, yeah. But he, we, we went night, night, night We went bugling. night bugling. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting there like, geez, I messaged him on the Zolio, messaged him on my phone, and none of them were going through. He didn't have service, and I didn't have really very good service at all. And so we spend the night there thinking that something happened to Brian. And I think he was doing the exact same thing on the yeah, back end. Yeah, so the funny thing is, so he's telling you, so they pull up and they do all that. Well, I, in the meantime, I have been asleep. I don't even remember what time I went to sleep. It was probably 9 o'clock or something like that. So we went out, we night bugled for not very long. We didn't go late into the night because the uh, Caleb Newton, who I was with, had uh, um, his two kids and his wife with him. So they went back home. And so we, I got to bed at like nine o'clock and I told myself, okay, I'm going to wake up. They're going to roll in about 11 or 1130. And I wake up in the middle of the night at like 1231 o'clock and I'm like, geez, they came in quiet. Like I don't, somehow they snuck in and I never even heard them. Like they got to pick up, they had to set up a tent, they had to had a trailer with four-wheeler and side-by-side on it. Somehow they snuck in here and I didn't ever hear them. So I peek out of my tent and you guys are just nowhere. 
And like you said, I don't have cell phone service. You have our Zolio. So like you have, you're able to message people, but I can't because I don't have service. So I'm thinking there's this huge embankment that you have to drive past on the road. And I'm thinking, geez, they were, it was super dark late in the night. They hit some washboards, went off the road. I'm thinking the worst. You're thinking the same, but the other way for me. So I, I just went, I was like, well, there's nothing I'm going to do about it at 1 a.m. So I just went back to sleep. Mm-hmm. Got up in the morning. I don't even remember what time I got up. Went higher up the mountain. Finally got a text through to you and figured out where you were at. Yeah, and I think what ended up happening, we both got up in the morning, finally got messages through to each other, and then you ended up coming to pick me up because Dad was staying there for that morning. He wasn't hunting with us. So you ended up picking me up. We booked it over to the spot, which was like 20 minutes away, and met up with Caleb. Caleb was there by the time we got there, and we were still there plenty early. First ones at the trailhead, and... um, really no issues with other hunters right away in the morning there and then we got all of our stuff gathered together and that was actually the first time I'd ever hunted or met Caleb and um, that was I'm very grateful that he was able to take time out of his morning and take us through there and kind of show us his his spot I know he likes to hunt that area and he was nice enough to take us through there and try to get us on some elk yeah um, and we heard some we, bu- we did hear some bugles that morning yeah, we, we got in there and we heard, I think it was three bugles. I don't know, we don't know if they were, we probably heard two different, but we heard three bugles total. And, um, well, I don't know if they're, I don't know the exact bugle count, I don't remember, but we got in there and heard some. And um, we thought we had, we thought we were able to make a play on something and it didn't end up panning out. But we get it, we get finished up with that hike and, we got done about 11 o'clock-ish, I believe, and um, Caleb had to get going, get back to his family, and that was his only hunt of the weekend because he he had some family duties to take care of that weekend. But after he left, we were pretty much on our own for, well, you and I for the rest of the weekend and me for the rest of the week with Dad. Yep. And um, we just kind of picked, picked through a few different spots there, our... Our first night hunt there, I think, ended up being about twice as long as we planned. Yeah, that was a tricky one. I don't know if I ever told you about that one, Eric. I don't think so. (laughs) So, one thing you got to remember, and we didn't really think this through a whole lot. So, when you're putting marks, like, line distances on your Onyx, and you map it out, and it reads, like, 2.5 miles you have to take into account that that is a straight line distance. (laughs) Yeah. What did we end up? We ended up like over five miles on that hike. Yeah, I think we were... And we thought it was going to be a little over two and a half. Yeah, we mapped out about two and a half to three and then ended up at like five and a half or something like that just because we didn't didn't follow the terrain features really. I just was in a hurry and took a quick line distance. So the, the more marks, the more pins you can drop on that line, the more accurate you're going to be, obviously. Yep. We definitely did not do that, so we ended up with a pretty crummy hike that first evening. Yeah, that was that was rough. It, towards the end, we got into some deadfall, and we actually dropped off out of the trees early. We probably, what was it, yep. like a mile we walked on the road? 
Yeah. But it would have been absolute hell if we stayed in the trees where we were at. Yeah. So, but then not much action through the week, right? No, not really. We Once I left that uh, Sunday, or yeah, Sunday yeah, night. Yeah, from kind of my experiences, there was, I think, probably three opportunities that uh, were probably messed up by me just being a newer, a little bit inexperienced hunter, and one of them was, I think it was midweek sometime, we were walking in this specific hike, you kind of follow um, a logging road, and you're kind of walking on, you're walking on that logging road, and we get in there in the morning, and I'm sitting there ripping off bugles, and we finally hear one. We hear a bugle off in the distance, and he's responding to us, so we start working up the road, and he's still responding, and he's actually getting closer, so he's actually interested in what's going on there, but we made the mistake, or me, because I was kind of running running the show there, but I made the mistake of staying on that logging road, which happened to be above him, and once you're once you're above him, it's, it's a little bit more difficult to make a play, I, I feel, um, not being real experienced, but I think if I would have got on his level and came at him and I would have had one a better play on the wind and two a better play on him in general I think he would have been more apt to come in and I would have been able to get a shot on him and been able to see him better just kind of the way the road laid out and the way he came up underneath us he, he was downwind and um, there was lots of cover along the road and I don't think you can from what I can tell you never really um, can win if you're directly above them but I'm sure there's scenarios where that works out um, I just learning from that I would always try to be on their level when I'm making a play on them so you're 29 years old haven't you didn't you have enough experiences in college of your friends telling you to get on my level <laughs> no that's weird because like, I never had to <laughs> 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 no um i thought everybody just knew yeah. to get on my level yeah <laughs> oh but after that uh we kept walking through there and i did end up jumping another elk out of there and that that was just another thing of you're on a you're on a logging road and it's not necessarily very good for cover and um, good for quietness but cover-wise on a logging road, you really don't have any. Right. Um, so going through there that morning, if I could do it different, I would drop down in the trees. And the morning, the evening... That was Friday, I think, right? Or was... I don't remember. All, well, all the days are blended together. Yeah, so you were there for nine days straight. Yeah, exactly. Um, and that's... I, I was thinking it was... Wasn't it... Maybe I have the wrong elk in mind, but wasn't it Friday? Because then the next day we went back in there with Eric. Um, or do, am I jumping ahead? Maybe, maybe that. I don't remember. I'd have to be looking at all of our video to see if I can piece together the days there. But there was the second opportunity that I kind of felt I messed up. We went into a new area, kind of. It was probably 20, 25 minutes away from our old area. So we were hunting completely different out, completely different terrain. And. Um, just 
completely different area. There was even different weather over there. Yeah. We went over there on a fairly rainy day, and we get in there. We hike back in there. We're pretty early, so we get in there, and we just sit for like an hour and a half to two hours just to see if we can hear um, an early afternoon bugle. Uh, I kind of did that quite a bit. I, I kind of feel like, same with turkeys, if you get on an early afternoon gobble, early afternoon bugle, they're more apt to want to do something with what you're yeah with your calls and they want to come in more just because they're fired up really on their own that yeah point. that's what i was gonna say they're they're kind of doing it on their own rather than like just being a, like in the mornings and even in the evening sometimes it's just like a natural time where they just all always bugle so if yeah. you if you can hit hit an early afternoon one or mid-afternoon one even um that there's something special about that bull where he's extra fired up because they don't just do that just to do it. Yeah, exactly. And that's kind of, that was what our goal was when we got in there and we get in there and we battled, we battled rain pretty much that whole day and a half that this was going on. And we get in there, it starts to rain on, on us. Of course, my boots are soaked. I've got, I've got squishy boots. I squeeze water out of the insoles and out of my sock when we get back to the pickup. But, we hear, but you've now you've now uh, invested in a new new set of boots. Yeah, and that's that's one of the other things that I learned is be smart with your gear choices. That that could have easily ruined my hunt, and I was lucky enough to have a pickup there where I could dry my boots out in the floor heater. But that yeah, if you just could have ruined my hunt. If you'd have just been in a tent on your own. Like it'd have been game over. Yeah, you'd exactly. have had to. I never, I never would have got those dried out. I probably have, would have done something stupid. You'd have had to waste the whole day or something. Yeah, yeah. But um, we're in there. We it's getting to be a little bit darker. We finally hear a bugle down in the bottom, and then we hear what we thought was a hunter also kind of coming in, coming in on that bugle from the road, which is pretty common play in that area. Is just coming in off of that road walking it straight down the trail and trying to hear bugles up in the draws. So we hear a bugle down in the river bottom and we try to get closer, but it kind of got to the point where it was getting late. We knew we weren't going to be able to do anything with that one. So we wanted to get out of there and go check that trailhead to confirm that there was a hunter in there and not two elk. So we're booking it out of there and we get probably half a mile from the road, half a mile from the vehicle, and I hear a chuckle. And once I hear that chuckle, I'm just thinking going through my head is I'm in, I'm in a hurry to get out of there because I want to get down to the trailhead before dark just to see who's down there. Right. And I keep going, and all of a sudden a branch antler bull busts out of there. And obviously I'm kicking myself for that one because – I'm new enough to where I, I don't know if I sh- should be trying to guess what's a what's an elk and what's a bugle tube just because I haven't heard as many. And that's one of the other things that I learned that week is you can't, you have to basically assume it's an elk until you have confirmation that it's a hunter, at least for me, because I'm not good enough at just from 100 yards away deciding if it's a bugle tube or not. So in that situation, if I could do it again, I would obviously once I heard that chuckle I'm stopping I'm freezing and 
I'm trying to figure out what exactly is going on there, not just one track minded all the way out of there. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, and but, that kind of, did that kind of end out that week before we came? Yeah. Yep. And that, by that time of the week, I was, we were checking places further from camp and stuff. So that, that's when you guys got there. Yeah. We were, um, and it's kind of it's kind of crazy. It's kind of crazy, honestly. How like we hunted a lot of different areas, even when you were there. We hunted a broad range, like yeah. Well, like we're talking five miles, ten miles apart, maybe max. Mm-hmm. And the elk are doing different things. It's yep. so you gotta you gotta understand if you're not seeing or hearing elk in one place, which. We heard some that first morning with Caleb, but then after that, we couldn't find them over there to the south further. So we moved north, and um, it it was a little bit different. Like it was, like you got to understand the elk are doing different things. Maybe you change a thousand vertical feet, probably. Like when we went to that one spot in the evening where we thought we were on them, like or we knew we were on, we saw elk that night. like you just got to understand that it doesn't take much of whether it's vertical feed or just horizontal distance and those elk are going to be doing different things. Yeah, exactly. A specific example of that would be like one of the days we were just getting pounded by weather. We were probably at, I think we maxed out at like 10,000 feet. Yeah. Somewhere right in there. We were getting pounded by rain all morning and we got drenched and soaked and we dropped down to like 8,500 feet and it was sunny and cloudy. So that is a fairly common example of just lowering your elevation. You get into different weather, but we definitely saw it there where we were getting pounded up top, so we dropped down, and we had pretty dang nice hunt weather. Yep. So um, so then that kind of brings us to Eric and I coming out. Mm-hmm. So we book it out there on a Friday after work, and we know we're going. This is your last weekend of archery. So we know we're going out for the Saturday hunt and the Sunday morning because then you had, was it an eight-hour drive for you? Yeah, about eight exactly. Eight-hour drive. Ours is about four. Um, and uh, so I, I'm going to kind of dish it off to Eric here. I kind of want to know because I know what it was like the first morning that I ever walked into the Elk Woods. Mm-hmm. You know what it was like the first morning you ever walked in the elk woods. I want to know what it was like the first morning you ever walked. Because this is the first time you've ever been elk hunting. I know. Really only the second time you've hunted in the mountains other than our bear hunt in Idaho last year. Yeah, that was the first time other than going to Idaho that I'd even been elk hunting in the mountains. So I don't know if I ever told Brian, but I was like two weeks later I was driving and I was like, man, I don't know whether to be thankful that they took me or mad at them. <laughs> because I was like, that was kind of awesome. Yeah. So I guess that kind of describes my first reaction was just like, man, I'm actually here doing this. And it was, I had a good time. So like, what was it like? Like, so we, we got up early. Our goal, this whole time we we're hunting, our goal, because it is public land. So our goal was every morning we were going to get up earlier than everybody else 
and we were not going to get beat to our spot, period. Mm-hmm. So, like, the weekend I was there with you, Tyler, I know when you were there through the week, but the next weekend when we came up, we decided our spot the night before, and we made sure that we were the first person at that trailhead. So, almost yeah. every single morning, we had, like, sometimes almost an hour, but 45 minutes usually, is sitting in the pickup at the trailhead just waiting. Um, because we weren't going to let somebody beat us to that spot. If we wanted yeah. to hunt that spot, we were going to hunt that spot. So if you were going to beat us to that spot, you're going to have to be there at like 3.30, 4 o'clock a.m. Mm-hmm. Like you, well, you, you weren't going to beat us. The, the funny thing about the schedules that us three run while we're at home, just the daily schedules is a lot of times when we're going hunting, we're actually sleeping. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we talk about that all so the time. So we get up. What time does your alarm go off, Tyler? Mine goes off at 3.50. 3.50. Ours goes off around 3.30. Well, you might even be earlier than yeah, that. Yeah, mine's like 3.20-ish. Yours is 3.20. Mine's 3.35. So we are early risers. That's our... Like, we get up every single morning, all three of us, and we go work out. We're... I mean, we're hitting the weights at 4 a.m. every day. And that does... Like, it's a different lifestyle. Like, you got to get used to it. But talk about making a difference when, like when you go to the Elk Mountains, or even if you're going to the tree stand whitetail hunting or waterfowl, whatever it is, like like you said, Tyler, we're literally sleeping in to go hunting. Like when, yeah. we, when we go hunting, we sleep longer than what we do on a regular weekday. And that makes a huge difference. And that, like a lot of people, you wake up, you might still be excited to go hunting, but you're kind of groggy. You're not used, like, like we, that alarm goes off at, 4 30 a.m and bam we're awake we're yeah. ready to roll like yeah we're like nice exactly. an extra hour 45 minutes of sleep let's go mm-hmm. but most uh, of the time you wake up before your alarm goes off yeah a lot of times you wake up before the alarm goes off exactly um especially when you think the other person has ran themselves off a cliff because they didn't make it to the campsite. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, exactly eric what about like so describe just kind of the feeling um so we're sitting there in the pickup at this trailhead, and we're just waiting. Yeah. Honestly, you I didn't know what to expect. Well, sorry, I that first morning we, we took Eric, we went to a spot that Dad and I had heard elk every time we'd been in there. Right. Yeah. And, and I didn't really know what to think, because you and I rolled up in the dark. Like, I had, yeah, I, couldn't you, even, I hadn't, couldn't even see the landscape other than where we parked. And hey, you hadn't seen the terrain. That's true. So... I don't know. It's hard to even describe how I felt. So you're we're sit, we're sitting in the dark and you just still haven't even seen it. Yeah, I, I can't even see the landscape. Okay. So. What about? And I will never forget this from the first time I went elk hunting. What about when we were walking away from the pickup? So it's just kind of getting daylight. Set set the tone here a little bit for everybody. It's just like dawning, like not quite, but it's like just breaking light. You just can see enough to not have a headlamp. And we're walking into the woods. With a lot of deadfall. <laughs> With a lot of deadfall. <laughs> That's what t- caught me the most off guard. I won't lie. <laughs> I just remember the first time I did it, I was literally like, like there was not even animals, but I was like jittery. I was like on edge, like shaky. Like Yeah, I would describe the feeling like when you're deer hunting and there's deer off in the distance where you just, the anticipation factor it's just it's different it's just i don't even know how to describe it but um yeah even that morning for me 
even though I've done it hundreds of times, that morning for me, I could still remember walking in down that logging road, stepping over the deadfall. It's cool that morning. Um, it just felt good. But long story short, because I don't want to run us too long on time on, on uh, September archery, we were unsuccessful that weekend. Yeah. Um, we did come super close um, that night, that Saturday night. How many bugles do you think we heard that night? Guys, forty at least. Yeah, forty, and then saw a dang good bull at about. Yes, that's right. I forgot about seven hundred some yards on the other side of the canyon. We saw a really good bull. Um, we think it was probably a five point, but it was talk about a frame on him. Like that was. Yeah, I I was going through our video. We got really good video of it. So did we? Good, good. So yeah, yeah, make sure you guys check that out. That's the seasons media. You're watching it right here. If you're watching, if you're listening, that's the Seasons Media YouTube channel. Uh, they do handles now. Did you know that? Hmm? YouTube, we got handles now. So we are at the Seasons Media on YouTube also. Oh, really? Yeah. Jeez, don't you check uh, our email? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do. I didn't realize there was a, a handle. I thought you could always just find us by searching the Seasons Media. Yeah, no, now it's at the Seasons Media on YouTube. I... I uh, you get to choose your own personal handle. Mm. They they saved that one for us because that was our name. So then I yeah, just, the, I, I just went in. such a big name on YouTube. We got special treatment. Yeah, so. I mean, we're big time. We got, what, pushing 1,600 subscribers now. Like, mm -hmm. we're on our way, dude. We are on our way. <laughs> yes, we are. Yes, we are. So, um, but yeah, we, I don't know. I had to go in and like, select that's the one we wanted or something i don't know but anyways that's our handle on youtube at the seasons media so you want to see some of that footage of that elk that'll be dropping like december um yeah dropping all our fall stuff in december so um but yeah we probably i would say we heard like 40 bugles probably that night and we 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 were so high i don't remember what did i decide how many vertical feet did we drop i can't even remember but we ran when we heard that bugle, we knew it was down in the river bottom, but we ran straight down that mountain, mm -hmm. like ran down that mountain. All I remember is yep. towards the end, Tyler looks over his shoulder and he whispers, we're a long ways from the truck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but that's funny. What's kind of, yeah. what's kind of crazy is. Some of that stuff we marked as we were going down. We marked wallows. We marked trails. Or we talked about them. But when I look, well, I marked that wallow with my foot. Yeah, you did mark. <laughs> well, your knee, your shin, like. Yeah. You went knee deep well, in that, it almost. That wallow marked me. Maybe that wallow marked you. Um, but a lot of that stuff I had already marked years past with Chad. Um, when we had to go help pack out a bowl the year I had a tag, we packed out another guy's bowl, and we were on that side, same mountain. And we went down some of those trails and I had marked those as main trails and we we're back on them again. It's just crazy. Like those, a lot of those elk, they're going to go back in the same places every year. And this has just been a good spot, but mm -hmm. the weather had changed. It had cooled off and those bulls lit up that night. Yep. And I really do believe that night was kind of the kickoff of like the main rut. Yeah, I believe that. I, 
100% agree with you. So I just think unfortunate because you got to plan with work and you don't know what's going on and we don't have the ability just to take off whenever. You were a week early mm-hmm. is really what it comes yep. down to with archery season. And that's just kind of the tough part with planning hunts like that is that's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Without the ability to go there for a couple of days, scope it out and then come home and then go back here. You're right. planning vacation yep. two months ahead, and yep. that's kind of what, what you're doing. Yep, and you got to plan it with family. you got to plan it with work. There's a lot of things that go into it. You just can't. Just lifestyles, I guess, lifestyle differences where we just can't just take off whenever the heck we want. So. Yep. Um, so archery season's over. Uh, we're trying to find a time. We plan a, a rifle hunt. Um, tentatively obviously and then things changed and you were actually the cool part was about your tag this year was his tag opened the rifle season opened on a Saturday and the reason that's monumental I guess is because just like I said we have other jobs and stuff like that Uh, you don't have to take time off to get there for opening day for example like when i had a tag i think opening rifle was on a tuesday or wednesday well i had used all my vacation during archery season so i couldn't get there for opening rifle but you weren't going to be able to make it some things changed you pulled pulled it off and you were able to make it just because some of your stuff changed around and shifted and you were able to make it opening weekend a rifle um and so, I guess just run through that. That's not going to be too long of a story, really. No, not really. That, uh, so, we, I did the same thing, drive out there Friday night, get there late, and um, basically we go get on a glassing knob, glassing point um, Saturday morning right away, and we're really not necessarily far from the, the ranger, and we're glassing, and so much instantly see elk, and... Tell before you go any further. You you mentioned being too far from the ranger. What were your guys' tactics that that Saturday? Because they're a little bit different. Uh, they're very different than what we do, archery elk hunting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I would the closest thing I would describe them to is antelope, where you're covering country. You're trying to cover as much ground as possible. You're trying to see as many openings as possible. Um, that's definitely not how I had necessarily, like if I was going to do it on my own, I didn't really make that connection. That's something that Chad and Cole have figured out throughout the years. Yeah. And that, I'm sure that changes per location, but the guys that you went out with there with Chad and Cole McKinney, they have hunted that area a lot. Like they have, they, they know that stuff. They figured some of that out. We wouldn't have done that. If, it, if no, just you I, and I went up there, we wouldn't have seen as many hillsides as you guys saw. Mm-hmm. Because we'd have done it differently. Yeah. And we're talking, you're glassing from thousands of yards away. Sure. Just to get an idea where they're at. Yeah. Um, you got to put eyes on the, them, though. Yeah, the, the first elk we saw that morning were 800 yards away. And um, I wasn't real comfortable taking an 800 yard shot so we worked on getting closer and as we were working on getting closer the the gunshots sounded and once the gunshots sounded they they kind of 
ran off into the trees and because I was I was trying to get within 500 yards of them and just so happened where these ones were at when we got up on it we probably would have been 250 to 300 yards which would have been no brainer but we get up there and they had already spooked off into the trees and that one of them is bugle and it's just nice deep bugle and we're sitting there trying to call it out of the trees which is pretty pretty rare this time of year just they're not necessarily moving out of the trees once they go in them until nightfall so he's he's in the trees for the day and it gets to be about eight thirty, and we get a message from cole and his wife had shot one right at right at daybreak so it was time to get out of there and we had an elk packed out we had her elk packed out by nine thirty that morning how did we pack mules yeah yeah and that that wasn't a terrible pack out and it was basically straight uphill about 400 yards and then straight downhill 400 yards so not terrible we get that elk out and we're hanging out until mid-afternoon when we see kind of the weather start to change and some deer on their feet and we get in the uh, the ranger and start covering ground again and we geez we covered even more ground probably that afternoon and we saw a spike in a cow that were once again over a thousand yards away but not really in a position that I wanted to make a move on them and I wasn't quite ready to shoot a spike at that time so we moved on and gets to be uh, sundown so right at sundown uh, we spot these elk in this opening. I spot these cows, and we're kind of watching them. And Chad is just like, just keep an eye on them. There might be a bull following them. And a few minutes later, we see a bull walk out of the trees, and it's a smaller five point. Well, yeah, it's it's a smaller five point, and he works his way out, and I get all set up. I get the camera set up. I get behind the rifle and get in range, get my dope, and dial four and three-quarter MOA, no windage, and put it right on him and just hammered him. He he took probably 10 steps and toppled over. That's awesome. And that that shot, yeah, like you said, 10 steps. Chad's, Chad's texted me. I don't know if you even knew Chad texted me. So I knew you killed him before you messaged me on the Zolio. Yeah, I think I probably knew. Too. Yeah, you. Yeah, you probably knew. <laughs> also. You texted me, and so Chad texted me. I don't even remember exactly what he said, but I think he just said, "Bull down," and then obviously, then I'm sitting there. I'm wanting details. You don't get me called by the time you guys get it packed out and stuff. You don't get me called till like after nine o'clock. I'm. It's killing me, and but uh, excuse me. He texted me. Um, right basically right away i like you guys hadn't even went up to him yet um and he's he said his exact words were your brother's shaking like a leaf <laughs> yeah yeah that's he looks over at me right before me right shoot like you shaking <laughs> yeah i'm shaking i'm shaking <laughs> oh that's funny. get ready get ready to shoot an elk i'm i'm shaking this is the adrenaline was definitely high that's yeah. something yeah, for sure. Dreamed up since I was a little kid, so. Yep, that's awesome. That's, like you said, it wasn't like the 
biggest trophy Boone and Crockett Bowl, but they they have Boone and Crockett for elk, right? I guess I don't even know. Yeah. I've never yeah, even, they would. I've never even looked it yeah. up. Of course they they would though, but I've never actually even looked it up. Um, but it it wouldn't have. I mean, you're not setting any records with it, but that any elk is a great first elk. Like there's so yeah. many. Like I've never killed a bull. I ended my tag. I hunted actually more days than you did, and ended up taking a cow because I wasn't going back without a without a without an elk. But to be able to harvest a bull with all the effort and work that you had to put in to do it, like that's rewarding. You walk up to I can't even imagine. I can't imagine because I haven't done it. What that feel was as you walk up to that thing. Like talk about success. Like, yeah, and that's that's something I I don't know how it would have gone down if Chad and Cole weren't there helping me, but I can't can't say thank you enough to those guys. That, yeah, um, they were a huge part in me finding that elk and me getting an opportunity to shoot that elk. So that's that's one of those things I'll always be grateful for. Yeah. Just they helped with that opportunity for sure, for sure. All right, I was gonna ask you. Uh, about your weapon, but is, that might be something we need to keep on the no. DL. Well, it, it launched yesterday. So oh, it did? Uh, yeah. So I okay. I had some issues. I had some issues with uh, my Model 700. I was shooting some 162 grain ELDXs out of it and 7, seven millimeter rem mag, and I just wasn't real thrilled with some of the groups that I was seeing at 200, so I borrowed, borrowed a gun from a guy at work, and this specific gun uh, happened to be chambered in the new round by Hornady, uh, the 7mm PRC, which precision rifle cartridge. Um, and I ended up taking that. It was shooting significantly better than my rifle was. So took that up there. I was shooting a 175 grain ELDX and shooting them, I think it was 3,054 feet per second out of that. And it, that... That just hammered him. I, I put the smack down. Highly, highly considering uh, doing a barrel swap on my Model 700 and putting a 7PRC barrel on it now. Are you? Okay, that's good. That's good to know. So you like it? Yeah. <laughs> Big fan of the I, cartridge. I was joking with one of my friends, Joe, yesterday that sample size of one, I definitely recommend it. <laughs> sample size of one. In case you don't, in case you don't know our background, we're kind of a. Uh, math nerds um so that's why tyler's talking about sample sizes and um all right do you still have a little bit of time uh if you take a if we take a 10 minute break i'd have about 20 some minutes okay we're, we'll, take, for you guys. we'll take a 10 minute break with you um eric and i are kind of keep rolling here we're going to talk a little bit about his hunting plans coming up um but then I just want to kind of talk about your deer hunting and some tactics before we go. We don't have a ton of time. We probably got 15 minutes. Yeah. 20 minutes. Can you do 10 after? Yeah. Okay. So we're going to do 20 minutes. So we'll talk here for a little bit. Call us back when you can. And we'll go about another 10 minutes. And then we got to roll too because we got places we got to go. Okay. All right. Sounds we'll, good. We'll talk to you in a little bit. Yep. Bye. All right. Bye. All right. So he'll call us back. Um, what a lucky turd. First, first elk, like he's not even going to see this till he actually watches this. I don't know if he'll watch this or not, but 
first elk hunt gets a bull. I can't remember what the what the odds are, um, but I I was looking up like elk harvest percentages, just like research and stuff, and elk harvest percentages are low. It's like I can't remember the numbers off the top of my head. I want to say like twenty five percent, probably even lower than that, of people every year fill their tag. But then of that 20%, like 10% is always the same people. Yep. And that's just an example. He had the people with him. He like, had the ones, yeah. Yeah, like he, he had the guys that he needed. He had those 10% of those guys that are the 10% that just kill all the time. Yep. Like those guys, Chad and Cole, they kill elk every single year. And you, you've never met Cole, but you've met Chad. Yep. You've seen some of the stuff that he kills and... He killed a big one this year too. We, I actually have that on our list here for this podcast. At some point, we gotta talk about talk with Chad about his elk and the deer he killed. Also, he actually leaves. I don't know if it's today or tomorrow. He's got a Colorado deer tag that he's leaving on. Yo. Fastest 10 minutes ever. That was the fastest 10 minutes ever. <laughs> Turns out Cassandra was handling, handling stuff with Mark. So oh, okay. Awesome. I can't, I can't, I didn't know she was up since I'm downstairs, so. My screen recording that I was doing stopped. Stopped. It failed. How far in? Um, just now, and then it didn't save. So that stinks. So you guys are going to have to listen to everything we had to say, but you're not going to get to see Tyler until right now for some reason. That's kind of annoying, to be honest with you. It said it's, it stopped due to phone inactivity, which is fine. Really? I don't care if it stopped, but why did it not save? Yeah, that's odd. So anyways, I'm going to start screen recording again and maybe we can get some of this conversation we have all the audio recorded on the camera so that's not a problem we have all your audio we just don't get to see your mug but so we actually hadn't even got started we were just talking about how um the odds of and percentages of elk harvest each year are so low and a lot of times, like, 10% of the people who do harvest are the same people every single year. Um, yeah. And we are fortunate enough to, in that area, and really now expanding a little bit with Chad going to other units, um, we're fortunate enough to be able to hunt with some guys that seem to kill every single year. Yeah, exactly. And that that alone is is a big... A big uh, advantage it's a big advantage yeah without a doubt yeah without a doubt so the next thing tyler we're gonna i was just about to ask eric and you probably don't even know this tyler so we're nebraska boys all three of us and so we are big into our whitetail hunting and this lucky dude (laughs) had well lucky that or smart i guess he has arranged his vacation. He is off starting 
tomorrow, Tyler, for mm -hmm. two weeks straight. And he's going to hit this thing just perfect, I think, with the timing. Like, we got Halloween coming up. Like, that's always a good weekend. So, starting tomorrow, right? Yep. S haven't missed a single day at work on purpose for this moment. <laughs> <laughs> Since we went to Idaho? Yeah. Yeah. There's not a whole lot to say other than that the timing will be there. The timing's good. We're finally, I think we're finally getting some weather this weekend. Um, yeah. Pete, I think the juries actually talk about they kind of like a full moon because of how they hang out, right? Um, but we're, we got like no moon right now. Do I have that right? Do you Can you confirm that they... They, there's some. They like the full. There's moon. There's some talk. They like right. the full moon. I think that's something they like because of, uh, I think that's just because of evening activity. I think they say I can't remember. I'd have to go back and look at it, but I think they say that. Yeah. The deer come out earlier or something. They get active earlier. Um. But yeah, you got you got kind of a cool spot on the river. You got some good property. Um, we talked about it in our September podcast. We're not really going to specifically talk about the deer. Like Tyler and I, the private land that we hunt in eastern Nebraska, we can talk about those deer because there's nobody else there that's that yeah. that's going to know about that spot or know about what we're seeing. Or But like my public land that I hunt out here and my private land that I hunt out here, your private land, People know about it. Yeah. Um, a lot of people that we know do follow like the seasons media and stuff like that. So we're not going to talk a lot about specifics in those places. But Eric's got a good spot on some private land where mm -hmm. they do harvest good deer. Um, and he's going to hit it right, taking two yeah. weeks off. The rut should be starting. Um, what do you have planned, Tyler, for deer? Do you have anything? Are you going this weekend? I know you had talked. I am, actually. You are? I am going to, yeah, if I'm working on prepping stuff to get going this weekend. and So you were, just, you, were just, you were just not going to say anything to me, and you're going to sneak up, and you're going to sit in my secret tree. And, and kill one. And kill one, and just not. Oh, yeah. You were never, you weren't even going to tell me about it. He's gonna right. tell you when he was dead. All those trail camera pictures, all those trail camera pictures I've been sending you that say Brian's deer on them. Yeah, I was gonna the, see if I can get one of those. Well, I saw that. So those trail cameras you put out, I noticed in the bottom corner when you named those cameras, you said you said Brian's camera. Yeah. Well, I don't know if you saw, but the deer actually have brands on them this year. Oh, did you brand it? That's good. I appreciate <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah. So because they know you, they know you're coming in November. So so where where did you where you tie it up at? You're feeding it, right? Oh yeah. Okay. I, good. Okay. I mean, I gotta take it with me when I go. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. <laughs> it's not visible for the surrounding landowners or anything. You got him in the middle middle there. Well. I'd bring him home with me, and then uh, he keep, basically, like, I can strap him into the car seat if I want to. And then... <laughs> keep him in the backyard or the basement. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you are gone. That's pretty sweet. We got some, 
how big do you think that it's hard for us to tell when you send us those pictures maybe you have more pictures that you're looking at we got that wide deer on camera is that a nine pointer um so or is it hard to have you been able to get a good picture of him just walking away we've got i mean we've got a few like left side nines and they're i mean they might go 120 i don't think there's a whole lot of mass there um, that, but he's definitely got width on his side. That one that you sent me the other day looked wide and tall. Mm-hmm. And I know it's yeah, a, I, I know it's not a I don't know ten pointer, so it's hard to tell. And they're walking away, so they look big. But yeah, but there's there's definitely some good deer. I don't think we have anything in there that'll go one forty one fifty for sure. It's just some very very nice respectable deer that we have running around there that yeah. I'd be more than happy to take with a bow. Yeah, for sure. And we've had a hard time. We've tried for years and years to grow deer and it just hasn't hasn't really panned out um, whether it's genetics or what it is. Um, like we've been real careful about not harvesting a lot of deer and only harvesting good bucks and mm-hmm. I, I, I can't even tell you how many years we've been working on that property but um i mean obviously the unfortunate thing is when you don't own a property and you don't have 100 percent full control over it it's hard yeah um and yeah. our our property isn't it's not huge which is another thing we're surrounded and we we're at the mercy a little bit of what other people shoot also yeah i mean we have it's probably four to five hundred yards of trees that are maybe a hundred yards wide that we're hunting and yeah um we're surrounded by the nice thing is we're surrounded by corn and beans yeah and the not so nice thing is we're surrounded by other landowners so yeah Yeah. we can't necessarily control exactly what they're shooting and for sure some of them are aren't shooting real mature deer but uh, i guess some that's also based on the hunter you can't really fault the fault the kid or yeah no for sure yeah I mean I think shooting immature deer I think everybody should shoot what they're comfortable shooting like if mm-hmm. if you're proud if you're proud of what you shoot then shoot it like I'm not gonna knock on you oh, for yeah, what for, you, sure. for what you shoot I'm not gonna knock on you for it um, it's just we have a different feel of what we want to shoot than what the neighbors do and that's just unfortunate for us um, that it yeah. lines up like that. Like there's nothing. Mm-hmm. You're fortunate. You don't have neighbors. No. Really, that like on one side, right? Yeah. On one side, you don't have neighbors that hunt. Uh, so you got some yeah, property, and, and you got you got some yeah. landowners around you that have big, big deer, like lots of land, and they don't shoot a ton of deer off it. Yep. Yeah, and to that note, it's quantity of deer your neighbors are shooting too. Then for sure, you can't control quantity. Yeah, you can't control quantity. Um, so I'm going hunting this weekend. So we are all hunt deer hunting this weekend, which is awesome. I'm going up north. Um, I'm actually taking a new friend that I guess we've shot bows with him twice now. We need to shoot tonight, by the way. Okay. <laughs> if you're if you're available. I'm always available to shoot bows. Uh-huh. But <clears throat> I'm taking a guy, Tyler, you probably don't even know this. Um, his name's Caleb, and he has never killed anything with his bow. 
and I'm going to take him up. We've shot with him a couple times. I'm going to take him up and just see. I don't think he's too picky on what he kills. I don't know if he'll shoot a doe or not, but we're going to go up and we're going to see if we can get him his first bow kill. Um, nice. But we're going to drop down into that bottom on Saturday morning and sit that bottom. This is a weekend, Halloween weekend, that I've always wanted to be in there on that bottom. And I've never been able to do it just with the family and stuff. Like, if Halloween's on a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, like, I got to be home for Halloween with the kids. Um, yeah. So I've never been able to do it. Halloween's on Monday this year. And so this weekend I'm going to get in there and that bottom is kind of where, I don't know if I've ever shown you the trail camera pictures, Eric, but like that bottom's where the big bucks show up. And historically, this time of year. I think so. I checked one of those cameras in that bottom with you. <laughs> yep. Oh yeah, you did when we were coyote hunting yeah. that time. Yep. Yep. So, so it's going to be good. Uh, either of you, how about... <clears throat> Um, like tactics this time of year. So like, like what's it look like, Eric, when you when you roll in? Tactics, I would say, putting a ridiculous amount of time into a, a certain tree stand. Basically, I know if they show up, which trails they're gonna walk. It's just a matter of putting in the time at this point. Yeah. So yeah. So yours is. Mm. Like you're you're working one tree stand because you know the deer are there. You're yep. getting the pictures, and the deer are gonna show up in your spot eventually. Yep. You just gotta be there when it happens. You're sitting for thirty seconds of yep. action. Yep. You never know when it's gonna be, but yep, yep. Tyler, what about you? Do you use any special tactics like this time of year? So this time of year, I'm kind of gearing up for, kind of planning for a probably a five five, six weekend season in that, in our spot. So this first weekend, I, I don't really push in too hard on there. I'm not trying to make a whole lot of pressure. I make sure the wind's right. Um, which this weekend we're not going to have an ideal wind for, for that. So I try to basically split it up into three sections. So there's three different areas that you can kind of sit. Um, and whether that be on the west side, the east side or in the middle, I kind of play that by the time of year. So this this time of year, I'm going to be trying to stay on that west side so I'm not tromping into the trees um, and just get a wind right and see if I can find a gear. Call it semi-observation sit, but not really because I'm going in there to kill. So yeah. um, just biggest thing is just make sure the wind's right and not doing anything too aggressive this weekend. Yeah. And you're, are you saddle hunting this weekend, I assume? You're carrying. Yeah, I am. You're a saddle guy, um, and uh, so you're carrying that in. Uh, do you do either of you hit grunt tubes, rattle antlers this time of year, or what do you? Not yet. Yeah. No. Tyler, you get in I, there and I, try to make them make sure they don't know you're in there. Yeah. yeah. Hunting with you, Tyler. I've tried. I'm kind of, a lot of times, like, when you get towards that rut, I get a little more aggressive with that kind of stuff, and I know I've hunted, hunting with you, like, you're a little more skeptical with it, like, I'm, like, wanting to do it, and you're kind of always like, nah, I don't know. Yeah, and I, whether it be me doing it at the wrong times, I, wrong time of year, wrong time of day, or whatever, I haven't necessarily had great luck with it. But I know you've had encounters rattling deer in, so yeah, in, in that um, in that spot that you're going to, yeah, yeah. So it's something I've kind of gone away from in the last couple of years. Yeah, I 
rather get in there and find a nice trail and um, see if I can not let them know I'm in there. Yeah, for sure. The spot I'm going to, the I'll take some antlers in. I don't know that I'll use them for sure. Um, what I will, pro I guess what I can say I'll probably do is I'll sit quiet. We'll sit quiet all morning. And then whether it's 45 minutes to an hour before we get out of there, like when, when things have settled down from the real morning activity, um, I'll probably slam them together a little bit. I mean, obviously that could change on how I feel at the time, but I'll probably slam them together a little bit before we go. Um, this is the last weekend I'm probably going to hunt this property for the year because once rifle season comes around up there with the public land and stuff, it just goes crazy and everything changes. Um, mm -hmm. So I'll probably slam those sandlers together a little bit an hour, 45 minutes before we go in case there's something sitting bedded down 100 yards away. Um, but I haven't, had a, I haven't had a lot of luck up where I'm going with the rattling antlers. I've had a lot of experiences with grunting and rattling where you're going this weekend. Um, but like you said, it's not, I'm not ready to get super aggressive with it yet. Um, mm -hmm. And even when we go, when I come back um, the second weekend of November and hunt with you in eastern Nebraska, there's just, it's not a big enough property. It makes you kind of nervous getting too aggressive. Um, Especially when you know you don't have any, like, you know there's no, well, I, we don't know this, but we haven't seen any, like, huge bucks that, that we think are going to get super PO'd and aggressive that we want to try to get in. Yep. So. Yeah, I think, I think it was last year on the first weekend, one of the evenings or something, um, I mean, I did witness a knockdown drag out fight with Norwees and everything up there. Just, I, yeah, I've just never had a whole lot of luck with it. Right, right. Well, it's 10 after 5. You would be working at 5.30, right? Yep. So we're going to have to roll out of here. Uh, thanks for joining and talking with us. I think we're probably over an hour here, which is really long for our podcast to be honest with you but we are dishing out only one a month so a little uh -huh. little little time there is probably not a bad thing so um thanks for joining us tyler we appreciate it uh yeah dipping in and talking about your elk hunting for those of you watching make sure you also subscribe uh, whether it's on apple Podcasts or spotify we're on we're on both of those that's the hunting overtime podcast if you're listening on one of those platforms, also find our YouTube channel for Tyler and I's um, brand. That's The Seasons Media on YouTube. You can find us on Instagram. We have theseasonsmedia.com. Um, but we'll be back. Like I said, we're doing one a month. We can handle one a month. So we have our September one out. Now this is October. And uh, we'll keep dishing out one a month because we can. <laughs> We can. We have yep. we have a lot of stuff going on. November is going to be tough. October, obviously, like today's the twenty seventh, and we're just recording. So, it's it's crazy when it gets hunting season how fast time slips away from you. But, um, so I'm sure the same thing is going to happen in November. But, uh, hey, duck season opened the other day, so now we got that too. 
Dad said there's no no birds around yet, but so we got we got deer season here. We got waterfowl season coming up. We got a lot of stuff. This is just kind of our our happy time of year is these few months here. So okay, anybody else? No, we don't. We don't really have a closer like some of these other podcasts. Like we don't. No. We don't have an ender. Like this is the <laughs> final thing we say every time. So thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. If you're on YouTube, watching this with us, and uh, we'll catch you all on the ne- next episode. That was real jittery going out. That's kind of embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> At least your voice didn't crack. <laughs> <laughs>